2: This is the Sooner
3: Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands?
1: And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be.
3: Oh, mama! What a play!
1: Now, here's your host, Chris
3: Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Now, this had been last week, a live podcast, but... Toby, the schedule with a couple extra bye weeks this year, a little bit different. So after the opener, we have an off week, and you'll still have, what, Coaches, the coaches show tonight, but no Lincoln, so no press conference this week. A little different feel, but hey, we're coming off a win. Football has started. Life is
1: good, right? Life is good. Life is really good. I, um, I can't believe I'm saying this one week in but I really needed this bye week. (laughs) (laughs) That felt like a long, stressful game week last week. I felt like it took forever for Saturday to get there. And, you know, the preparation was unique because of all the restrictions this year for us. Then there was the whole drama surrounding the team as the game got closer. Um, so it was just – it felt like a long and stressful week last week, I think for everyone. And so when the Saturday night uh, rolled around, the postgame show was over, I thought, oh, boy, I'm glad we got a bye week next week. So <laughs> I think probably Lincoln feels that way and his team and and uh, everybody involved. Um, but, yeah, this is – I think all in all, I am very, very pleased with how smoothly everything went for game one. And, uh, you know, especially on the field, I'm pleasantly surprised uh, considering how many guys were missing, uh, the unknown going into that game. I'm sure odd lineups that were on the field together. Uh, They had nine penalties, which is a high number. But other than that, played a really uh, clean smooth football game and looked good and I think Lincoln's got to be thrilled that they they didn't get anybody as far as we know hurt and they they played well and they uh, got that game actually played and now they can heal up and get fortified and and get ready for Big 12 play and then you know everything else I think went as far as I can tell pretty smooth I'm sure there were some hiccups here and there with digital ticketing and digital parking and concessions and uh masks and our you know our radio broadcast and TV broadcast and everything that was slightly or drastically different this year. I'm sure it was there was hiccups here and there but for the most part from everything I've been able to gather it went pretty smooth which is a minor miracle really.
3: I think what first caught my eye was having heard that they would be down a few players. And then, I mean, just kind of breaking down a fourth wall, there's you, me, and Greg, mostly Greg, our spotter, Greg Blackwood. He's trying to figure out, okay, who's in uniform, who isn't. We literally have a roster out, and you're kind of checking through who's there, who we don't see. And there was a point where you ran down some names. I think it was in the fourth quarter. And then as I'm driving home, I'm thinking, oh, we didn't see Justin Broyles, and we didn't see Stacy Wilkins, we didn't see Bryson Washington, and then I, I, I got home, and I pulled out that two deep and really went through, and I counted what? Eight guys on offense, eight guys on defense, and a specialist. I mean, that's incredible to think that they were without that much personnel, Toby, and still were, were able to roll the way they did.
1: Yeah, and that's just the two deep. I mean, it was yeah. way it was way more than that, but it, it's it's a Rubik's Cube that it was a moving target all week, it sounds like, that they were trying to put together who was going to play, if they were going to play, um, what lineups, you know. There can't be very good chemistry when you've got guys there, that, that many guys that are out. And yet, I thought product was encouraging. You 10. know, I thought what you saw on defense and you got to couch everything with the opponent was the 10th best opponent they're going to play this year. I understand <laughs> that. But the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the way they flowed to the ball defensively um, was encouraging. I think that they're eventually when everybody's healthy, we'll be as much depth on that side of the ball as we've seen in a long time and talent. And I thought on the offensive side, Spencer Rattler was sensational. He had three incompletions and at least two of those weren't his fault. And he looked comfortable and confident and poised. Seth McGowan, w- w- the wow factor was there every time he touched the football. Um, I thought Marvin Mims was a head turner uh, and, and maybe a renewed danger down to the punt return game that we haven't seen in a while. So um there's a lot a lot to be very happy about coming out of that game, considering especially everything they had to go through just to get to the start line may you know I, I say
3: this a lot, and you know Brian Osamoa I thought did a good job of of really shutting me down in the post game where you know you're going through a situation where you're getting tested for coronavirus three times a week, and if and again, if you haven't had it you're in a situation to where you get through a Monday test and you exhale and you're like, Oh, I feel good. I don't have. And then all of a sudden you've got to test again on Wednesday. I, I don't know, Toby, mentally, that's gotta be exhausting for these guys, but they continue to follow the protocols. They get the test and they go through the grind and then they go out and play a football game. I mean, everyone's doing it in the con in, in college football this year to make it happen. Yeah. You know, I haven't talked
1: about this, um, but I, I guess it's okay too. I, I, I'll apologize later if it's not <laughs> okay. My, uh, my son is in the basketball program. Right. Uh, Peyton is a manager in the basketball program and has been, uh, in the quote unquote bubble with them now for a couple of months and they test, uh, it was weekly for a while and then every other week and they've been Perfect. I mean, I, they on the men's side of things, and as far as I know, unless something's changed with this most recent test, I don't think they've popped a positive yet. And it is stressful for him. It is very stressful every time he gets a test. He is desperately not wanting to be one the guy that breaks the perfect, you know, they're, that they're doing perfect. Uh, two, he does not want to have to disappoint. Uh, Lon Kruger and everybody he works with because he's going to have to be away for from the program for a period of time and the extra workload that puts on everybody else. And, and the, like those days are all super stressful until he finds out whether it's positive or negative. You have gone through this a little bit. And yet that's just once a week or once every couple of weeks, not three times a week. Right. And now that you're into the season – these guys don't want to the one they don't want to be positive because they don't want to be sick okay (laughs) two they don't want to uh put anyone around them in danger you know relatives or anything like that if they get sick three they don't want to let down their their coach their coaching staff, and their teammates if they have to miss a game and, and you know and and then they perhaps ends up being the person that If they were there, they could have won and, you know, difference maker or whatever. Um, Eventually, everybody's going to know, even though they don't put it out. You know, we're all sitting there trying to figure out who's in the game and who's not in the game. So you figure out, you know, so it's a lot of stress. And I thought Gabe Eichard on our broadcast uh, Saturday, I can't remember when it was, pregame or postgame or in game. But I think you teed him up for it. He did a, a phenomenal job talking about, you know, these guys didn't sign up for this. Yes, this is not. When you are a college uh, football recruit and all the excitement that goes into going to a place like the University of Oklahoma or anywhere in the United States, but, the, you know, here, um, this isn't a part of what you expected. And so they are having to go. Will you know and offering to go because the opt out is there? Willing to go above and beyond so far above and beyond this year, what a normal season looks like, the norm, what they are normally asked to do to play college football. And it speaks to a couple of things, it speaks to their love of the game, I think, first and foremost, how badly they want to play. It speaks to their uh, love and dedication for their teammates and, and for their coaching staff and for their university and for their fan base, for their family, some cases, perhaps. So I think they deserve a tremendous amount of credit for, you know, from the day they stepped on campus until this season is over and probably beyond that, uh, the links they are going to, to try to as best they can play football this year. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. And and it's to me, I wanted to make sure that with every guy that came in, and it's so unique in post game. I mean, it really is now. And and I'm very grateful for you know Scott Anderson, Doc nafe Lincoln, and for allowing us you know to still do our post game interviews like we do them. Different look, different feel, but we're still able to do it. But with every guy that walks in there, I just want to say thanks. You know, and and I know that sounds corny, Toby. But you just hit it all in the head. It's like, man, thank you because this you you could have easily said, ah, uh, you know, especially a guy like Creed, right? Creed could opt out. He's he's gonna be a first round pick next year, um, but they don't, and they and they grind away and they follow protocols. They're not they're not like Memphis and going out and getting a party bus. You know, everyone's kind of learned from that. But it's just it's amazing the sacrifices that have been made across the board. And I know that some fans are like, oh, I, I just want to talk football. I get it. That's fine. I understand it. But at some point, you have to stop and pause, and not just players, but coaches, staff, everyone. No one wants to be the person that ends up either th- th- through getting this or through contact tracing that cost themselves a spot or cost someone else a spot. And it's just, it's it sometimes even following protocols isn't good enough. It's just, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. It's
1: just harder. Like every, everything's harder right now, and I, I'm, I'm sure this applies. To everybody's job, so I don't mean to insinuate that this is a football only thing. It's not. That's just what we're. That's what we talk about on this podcast right. is, is the OU athletic department. But you know, our job is harder right now. <laughs> uh, getting you know the, the the links we're trying to go to to make sure that a, the broadcast gets on the air with a a smaller crew and. I, you and I are close. I think, in my opinion, in my opinion, we are. <laughs> I think I think we're good friends, and yet it's very awkward on Saturday when we see each other. We're trying not to. <laughs> we're trying not to see each other.
3: Right. We took a but, different uh, elevator up to the press box, for goodness' sakes. So yeah, we weren't in the same elevator.
1: Yeah. Right, and, and because you're my my backup, and 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 we're trying to keep Cruz apart or you and Gabe apart from me and Teddy so that we all don't get wiped out at once if we get it. And then you, you know, the broadcast, we're missing a couple of our guys that we normally rely on to to help us on the air and off the air. And so it's just, it's just harder. Okay. Now multiply that times a thousand for what's going on with the football program. You know, I mean, it's just, they're, they're still trying to put not just a good product on the field, but, a national championship caliber product on the field. They're trying to win the national championship this year. They're trying to be the best team in the country and be healthy. And everything that goes along with being healthy is just harder. You know, it's just, it's, it's making everything more difficult this year. So I agree when you see those guys, when you see the, coaches and the players and the people in the athletic department that, I mean, I was thinking Sunday about everybody that put so much work into just getting to Saturday all summer long, all the contingencies, all the possibilities that could have played out with how many fans were going to be there. How are we going to do this safely? Where is everyone going to sit? What are we going to do with the marching band? What are we going to do with sidelines, television broadcasts, changing game times at the last second, all thousands of things that were up in the air all year long that had to come together. And a decision had to be made ultimately before that game was played Saturday night. And it was successful. (laughs) They did it. They did it. You know, I'm sure there was a hiccup here or there, like I said, but for the most part, it was a wildly successful night. And I'm just proud to, to work with such creative and talented people.
3: That's, That's what I came away with, man. Proud to work with uh, incredibly smart, sharp, much wiser than me people. And also in that, Toby, really impressed with the young guns. And there's a trio yeah. of freshmen. You hit it on the head. And Spencer Rattler, Seth McGowan, and Marvin Mims. So I think you're going to have a lot to say about this team offensively this year. That was that was pretty impressive by all three on Saturday night.
1: No, I agree. I, um, I, I think that, you know, Rattler uh, – He has all the tools, obviously, his arm, his uh, wheels. We saw once there when he when he ran. Um, The only question with him is what is between the ears? And I don't mean that in a doubtful way at all. I'm just saying it's the only question. Like physically, he's got the gifts and he's got the best quarterback whisperer in the country. So. We will start to find out as this year goes along, how does he handle pressure? How does he bounce back after a bad pass? How does he bounce back after a bad game? Um, you know, just how did what does he do when it's the fourth quarter and he's got to lead a team from behind how does he how does he handle that? So all that kind of stuff we just don't know about him yet. That's what we have to find out. I think the first positive sign in that regard was Saturday. He made some amazing throws and was borderline spectacular and really handled it like a champ. I mean, you were down there on the sidelines and you reported a couple of times. He just kind of ran off the field like, oh, well, it's another Saturday. You know, right. it wasn't he wasn't jumping up and down and thumping his chest and say, look at me, what I'm doing against Missouri State. He he was I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he was pretty professional about everything. Business as usual, man. Yeah. Business as usual. Yeah. Professional is probably not the right word to use, but you know what I'm saying. No, no, yes. I agree. He handled it fantastically. Uh, I had heard, like everyone else, that Seth McGowan had been impressive, and I was wowed. I mean, he runs, somebody uh, on our radio show Monday compared him to Dom Whaley. And I thought that was a good comparison just from a running style. Like he attacks the hole. He couldn't be more 180 degrees different from Kennedy Brooks. And and Kennedy Brooks is a fabulous running back. But Kennedy Brooks is smooth, patient, waits for blocks to set up. And before you know it, he's 25 yards downfield. Uh, every time Seth McGowan got to football Saturday, he looked like he'd been shot out of a cannon, you know? And he runs with with controlled violence and – Man, he's exciting. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see if Ramon, if and when Ramonduri Stevenson gets back. Those two guys paired together. And T.J. Pledger, for that matter. So I think McGowan is special. And then Mims, um, he's kind of one of those edge-of-the-seat guys every time he touches the ball, whether it's as a wide receiver or as a punt returner. Uh, Gabe Eichert said, pre- predicted he's going to be a first-round draft pick before it's all said and done. So and then they weren't the only ones. I thought Mikey Henderson was uh very impressive. I, I don't know how much playing time he ultimately gets when Braden Willis comes back and everybody's healthy at that position, but I mean at six foot two and two thirty five or whatever he is, he's a serious weapon um out there. And and there were other guys on the defensive side of the ball the younger youngins that were impressive too so encouraging night all around
3: hey by the way speaking of of defense I want to mention this guy and I've talked about him a lot in Brian Osamoa. but I just yeah. want the inside backer position in general right now one thing we didn't talk about on the broadcast that was weird for me because always kind of like following him around is that Brian Odom is now up in the booth so Jamar Kane's down on the field Brian's up in the booth so it was a little bit different but what he's done at that inside backer position in a couple of years, t it's pretty amazing. And the crew they have this year might be among the deepest groups that we've had in quite a while. I agree.
1: And, and again, my rule of thumb for Teddy linebacker <laughs> is I agree with whatever Teddy lane says. And, and he's really, really high on Asamoah. You got to talk to him after the game. Extremely well-spoken young man. And... um only a red shirt sophomore. So he's got a lot of football in front of him and the way, I mean, you know, kind of the scorecard for a defensive guy for me is how many times do I remember saying their name at the end of the night? You know, how, how often were they involved in the play? And it was virtually every play for the first three possessions. It felt like Brian Osamoa was in the middle of it. Um, Deshaun White, didn't show up as much as him, but showed up. And David Aguebu, I would say about the same. But ultimately, I think those three guys, kind of in the middle of the defense, however it shakes out, are going to make are going to have to make a bunch of plays. And they are very physically gifted young men.
3: Very impressive. All right, Toby. Um, have a great week. Enjoy the bye week. For those that are listening on Tuesday. We still have the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show 86, Coach Riley, but we also have the huddle tonight as well, right?
1: That's right. 6 o'clock uh, okay. at Rudy's, Teddy and I will have the huddle. I believe we collectively went 0 for 10 on our picks <laughs> last week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't remember exactly, but I uh, there's one game I can't remember, but I know the others we all miss. And um, and then at 7 o'clock we will have a version of the Lincoln Riley Show Uh that I'm still not exactly sure what it's going to look like. But it's going to be fantastic, whatever it is.
3: Can't wait. All right, Toby, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. See you, play. All right, so there's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Here's a note. Next week, next Tuesday, we will be back at our regularly scheduled time. So what does that mean? During game weeks, Monday's podcast is kind of a post-game presser recap show, kind of looking back on what Lincoln said, maybe a few other interviews. Zooms. By the way, we're going to have the Lincoln-Riley presser to wrap things up from Saturday here on this pod. You heard Lincoln-Riley's one-on-one interview with me post-game um, if you downloaded the post-game podcast. But I wanted to also have the Zoom setting. So that, that will be Monday show, Tuesdays. Toby and I are live, live, at 1.05-ish. So right after the Lincoln-Riley press conference gets done, you can join Toby and I live. It's on Facebook Live. I think they're putting on Twitter as well, maybe even on .tv. So we'll have a live version of this presser. So I'm sitting here at the, the Sports Talk Network taping today. But for the most part, the rest of the season – We'll be live on Tuesdays for Instant Reaction. Would love to hear from you on Facebook. Wednesdays, which, of course, now we're kind of back on schedule this week. Wednesdays will be the Lincoln Riley Show. Thursdays will be the Huddle. And then on Fridays will be Coach's Corner. Though, as you notice, if you subscribe, we added a new show on Friday from the Varsity O. So prior to home games, Jessica Cootie will sit down with a Sooner legend. And not only will we talk about the – The life and times of being a Sooner standout, but also preview the upcoming opponent. Roy Williams was last week, and coming up a week from Friday, this will only be for home games. Jessica will sit down with Rodney Anderson in advance of the OU Kansas State game. Oh, one more thing here, and I know we'll talk about this a lot more. On Saturday, we're going to bring you the re-air of the Oklahoma-Missouri State game, so you'll be able to hear all the calls from Toby and Ted with Gabe and myself down on the field, and we'll also, since you know it's an opportunity to kind of look back we'll take you quarter by quarter with some thoughts from Teddy and Gabe and Toby on just kind of what what caught their eye in their after each quarter and kind of what stood out to them or Maybe at the very least, just kind of some thoughts in general going forward as we count down to Oklahoma and Kansas State a week from Saturday. All right, everyone, enjoy the rest of your bye week. We'll have the Lincoln Riley Show for you tomorrow here on the podcast platform. Until then, boomer sooner, everybody. Enjoy wrapping up your Tuesday with the Lincoln Riley Zoom game presser from Saturday.
2: Okay, all right, everybody, we'll get started. Uh, you know, really, really good win uh, without a doubt. And this is, uh, as we've all said many, many times, and – We'll probably say many more times how, how challenging it was just to, to even get to this first game and even get to a season. And, and um, so, I think our, our first, our team's first emotion, I think throughout the game and even in the locker room after, was just appreciative for the opportunity to play. Uh, appreciative of all the people, uh, players, staff, medical staff, administration, all the people that have really worked tirelessly for the last several months to even make this a possibility. Uh, appreciative of our fans were able to come in there. It was a heck of a lot of fun to play in there. Our guys loved it. And uh, so, uh, you know, really good first win, you know, excited about how we played in the first half. Uh, you know, obviously it's some big plays offensively. You know, we were dominant defensively for the entire game. You know, that shutout was, was really, really important to us. And so being able to get that, you just don't see those very often in college football anymore. So that was that was definitely, you know, special for for Speed D. Um, and, and I think, yeah, a lot of good things tonight, certainly more good than bad. A lot, a lot of young guys that stepped up and made you know, a lot of big plays, you know, for the first time out. So that was good to see. Um, obviously there was some sloppy play throughout, uh, you know, especially some of the second half and into the first half that's got to get better, especially on the offensive side. Uh, but we'll learn, we'll, uh, we'll grow from it. Uh, long year and, uh, you know, diving right ahead into into big 12 play here. So we got to get better and, and get there fast, but uh, heck of a great first win. Certainly feel great to be back out there.
0: Okay, thanks, Coach. We're gonna hop the questions here. Let's go to Joe Bettner with the Norman Transcript. I mean, again, just curious Spencer Rattler with his play tonight. Can you talk about his performance and uh, just how settled he looked from the get-go? Uh
2: yeah, he did okay. Uh, played played pretty well. and uh, you know, I thought I thought he was. I thought I thought he handled it mentally pretty well. I mean, he wasn't too you know, too high or too low for this one. So I thought that was important. And I thought our line did a really good job early of, you know, taking care of him and, and you know, letting him settle in, which he did pretty quickly. And uh, guys made a couple of plays down the field for him. So, you know, he did some good things, made a few mistakes like he was going to make. So, um, you know, all in all, a, a positive start, but a long ways to go.
1: Okay, hey, let's go to Brandon Drummond. with you Insider. Lincoln, uh, I think I appreciate you doing this. Um, you said Spencer it was a lot, they have a long ways to go, but the defense, uh,
0: the how did you think they started out? Uh, obviously, only allowing 136 total yards. Uh, what's your thoughts on the defense and I guess, uh, the takeaway? You, you finally started off the season a lot better than you did last year, as well.
2: yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, no, a shutout, you know, a bunch of three and outs. Uh, I, I thought we played well. You know, I was really, I was excited about the way we tackled. You know, that was one of the biggest concerns coming in, you know, just, again, with the, you know, limited off season And it always is in first games, even in normal years. But I, I thought we tackled well. Uh, you know, I thought we were pretty disruptive at the line of scrimmage. Um, I thought we had some, you know, different guys step in to a lot of different positions and do a lot of very positive things. So, just just continued to find a way throughout the night. So, um, I thought, yeah, just just pretty sound, kind of where we needed to be, made tackles, made some explosive plays. Um, so, yeah, very, very complete performance by our D tonight.
0: Okay, we'll go to Ryan Aver, the Oklahoma. Yeah, Lincoln, I know that uh, this whole preseason leading up uh, to it, you've had a lot of uncertainty and didn't know what to expect, but uh, what was it like just in the last 24 hours as you figure out who's going to be available
1: Who's not and, and trying to to shift some things around to to make sure everything's accounted for with all the guys that you had missing tonight?
2: It was fun um, it was it was in a way I mean it's not maybe exactly how you draw it up, but yeah now you gotta I mean it's all these situations right now it's 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 either one of two things. you either see it as a hindrance and you say poor me and you you know, mad you're in the situation and frustrated and, you know, or you're, you look at it as an opportunity, you know, an opportunity to see some new players that maybe we wouldn't have seen, an opportunity as coaches to test yourselves and, and to be able to adjust when things come up. And uh, so we've tried to look at all of it as an opportunity. We, we had a lot of opportunities tonight, and uh, and it was fun to see the guys that stepped up and played um, in those places and, and, and by and large did a lot of, lot of good things. Appreciate it, Lincoln. And Dean Blevins with Channel 9. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about uh, the two young M's, McGowan and Mims. We'd heard a lot through the grapevine in in practices that they were looking like they looked tonight. What did you think you got out of them? And is their potential as as great as it uh, seems to be just seeing them this one night? Yeah, no, they both did some good things. You know, they're two... You know, pretty explosive kids for for their age. Uh, you know, just uh, both kids physically are in a pretty good place and have picked up our stuff well. And and uh, you know, they both have a little bit of home run ability. So no, I thought they both did some some really nice things. They both made some mistakes too, but but you know, they both had pretty big roles uh, for us tonight and and took advantage of the opportunity. You know, moment moment wasn't too big for those guys. And I you know as. As a young player, it's just always something you are trying to evaluate. You know, we've said it a lot. You that belief in yourself and and knowing that you were made for this and ready for this, and that's that's a decision that each person's got to make. And and uh, you know, those guys, I, th- I think, were ready for the moment. Didn't shy away, um, did a lot of things, and they, they certainly have a you know promising opportunities ahead. But they're going to have to continue to work to get those. Yes, sir, Terry,
0: Murdoch. Terry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and WWLS. Lincoln, uh, could
1: you just talk about the challenge of just having two running backs tonight? I mean, uh, you know, did that affect—I don't know—the way that you wanted to call the game, or did it make it—you know—make you have to throw it maybe a little bit more early than 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 you wanted?
2: Yeah, I mean, it all has an effect. I mean, the players that you have, uh, players you have available, um, you know, what you want to do schematically, what they're doing defense schematically. I mean, it all—it all plays a factor. Um, you know, to what degree? I mean, it's tough to tough to describe. So, you know, when you, I mean, we've we've been in situations like this before. You know, we've only had a couple guys at one position, and and uh, you've just got to you got to find a way to handle it. You still got to, at the end of the day, it's still a football game, and you still got to move the ball and score points. Or if you're on defense, you still got to find a way to stop them. And so, uh, you know, just that kind of ended up being our recipe tonight. Did Did you
1: learn anything about Seth being a young guy? tonight in his first game? Do you always learn
2: something about a guy's first game like that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, we've known he's a, you know, a talented kid and, and has done some good things, but um, yeah, I mean, kind like I said earlier, I mean, that the moment wasn't too big and, and that they were able to take, uh, and he was able to take some of the things he's done on the practice field and carry him over to the game field. So, I mean, I thought those, thought those were the, the biggest positives that, that, you know, when you don't have hesitation at a young age, it's a it's a great quality.
3: To James Hale
2: with KREF. James, I think you're muted. All
0: right, there we go. Hey, Lincoln, what did you think of your linebacking core? It's somewhat new. You've played a lot of linebackers tonight, and uh, they seem pretty active.
2: I thought they were. I thought they were. Um, we. Uh, I'm getting the backfield several times I uh, thought they did a good job in the run game which you know both both you know kind of a job of everybody in the run game but no I thought they were active we were able to play a bunch of guys you know I think we only missed a couple of fits on the night they're late um, so yeah and no, I was excited to see the way they played and uh, you know it's a group that's got some depth some some very strong competitive depth so it's a great thing for us as coaches and us as a team because guys are going to have to continue to pr- improve to earn those reps and uh, it's going to be very very competitive and that's that's what you always want to have
1: Hey, Jaren Emig, Tulsa World. Lincoln, the I think the Missouri State president in the Springfield paper was was quoted as saying late last week that this this game at one time was in serious jeopardy, and I, I think he was referring to your number situation. Would would you say that it, the, the risk was that high for on your end getting this game in?
2: Um, it it hung in the balance for a little bit, uh, but we were able to do it, and and. Uh, you know, thankful we were able to.
1: Quick follow up on the game itself. You're looking for defensive alignment who can obviously be playmakers for you. Isaiah Thomas is a young dude who, especially in the first quarter, really flashed for you. Can can he be that that type of uh, impact guy consistently? You think this year?
2: I do. He's uh, he's one of the more improved players on our team. You know, we ended up moving him inside uh, this year, and uh, he's been a been an edge guy for us in the past, and. uh one of those guys that took that move and embraced it and uh and, and he's a better player in there. I mean it's it's just fitting. It's sometimes you you think a guy's skill set maybe fits one deal and you, you you move him and all of a sudden you see dang, he's he's better in there than he was on the edge and, and he's been a very solid player for us on the edge. But he's uh he's shown a lot and, and he another guy that has been very active and disruptive in, in practice and um I thought he carried that over tonight, was was happy for him to go in there and play the way he did because he's worked his tail off and uh, I think certainly found a home for us inside. Thanks. time for a couple more. We'll go to Keegan Renault Sooners Wire.
0: Yeah, Lincoln, you guys have talked about the offensive line and wanting it to take steps from where you guys were at a
2: year ago. Was tonight the start that you wanted to see from them? I thought we did some pretty good things in the first half. you know, I thought there was a couple things in the run game that we that we missed. wasn't all them. I mean, it was kind of the run game was was just okay tonight. Um, you know, honestly, probably I wouldn't even give it that. It was probably a little bit worse than okay. So we gotta we gotta run the ball better. Um, you know, so that's. Uh, but but it's a group effort. You know, There there's some mistakes I made in calling it. Uh, some mistakes the quarterback, the running back, the H back positions. I mean, we, we all had our hands in it. So. Um, you know, we did, we did some good things, that the first group did some good things. Uh second group finally kinda settled in there at the end. It was a little bit of a mixed bag. We had I think three guys playing new positions there at the end to uh, to you know, to be able to get in there and play. So uh but that's part of it. We gotta learn from it and uh and and continue to improve. and, and I know that you
0: guys had three guys from the offensive line that were out for tonight how much is the chemistry um just affected by not being able to get the starting rotation at least playing tonight
2: three <laughs> i wish it was three um yeah it's part of it i mean we're, we're lucky in that a lot of those guys especially in the starting group have, have played a lot of ball um and so you know, I thought we, we had to move some guys around to make tonight work. And those guys with their experience in the system and game experience were able to do that. So that was a, a luxury that our experience uh, afforded us tonight for sure. Okay, it looks
0: like our last question of the night will be John Hoover with SI Sooners. I got, got me every time. Um, if you can maybe elaborate a little bit on um, on Spencer's night, what stood out to you the most? Was it his understanding of the defense, you know, poise when the pass rush got to him? Was it picking the right receiver? What 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 did you like the most about his game tonight?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just his overall poise in his game. Uh, I think you used a good word there, an appropriate word. He, you know, he, he, some guys can get two up for these things, you know, especially your, your first one. And uh, I thought he – he handled it the right way. I mean, he certainly had energy and juice, but he he didn't let that consume him, and he didn't try to do too much. And that was, you know, I think always some of your chief concerns. And so, um, no, I mean, I'm 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 proud of the way he handled the situation. You know, your first start is always a, an experience and an emotion that you can't really duplicate or predict until you actually just go in there and truly experience it. And uh, so, I, I think. His kind of calmness and, and poise, you know, allowed him to, to have a clear mind and, and make a lot of good decisions.